October 18, 2012. Petition for rulemaking to prohibit public contact with cubs. So this was the Humane Society of the United States, the World Wildlife Fund, the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, Born Free USA, the Fund for Animals, and Big Cat Rescue. We all came together as petitioners to the USDA, asking them for a rulemaking to prohibit public contact with big cats, bears, and non-human primates. Based on the existing laws, the Animal Welfare Act, we felt like we had a compelling case and put this all together thanks to Anna Frostick, Kimberly O'Keen, the Humane Society at the Humane Society of the United States. And this is a note from the future. So this was dated October 18th, 2012. And as recently as July 26th of 2021, USDA has not responded. USDA is required to respond within three years. And here we are nine years later and no response. None. They've just ignored it. Even though I have continuously contacted them saying, when are you going to rule on this? No response whatsoever. They don't have to answer to me. They know it. So I'm going to read you the petition. Going through who the petitioners are. Dear Secretary Vilsack and Acting Administrator Shea, the Humane Society of the United States, the World Wildlife Fund, the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, Born Free USA, the Fund for Animals, and Big Cat Rescue collectively are the petitioners, and hereby petition the Secretary of Agriculture and the Administrator of the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, APHIS, pursuant to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, the Administrative Procedure Act, and the USDA and the U.S. Department of Agriculture regulations to amend APHIS animal handling regulations to explicitly prohibit Animal Welfare Act licensees from allowing members of the public to come into direct or unsafe close contact with big cats, bears, and non-human primates of any age. Proposed regulatory text is included herein, and as discussed in this petition, adopting this proposed rule is necessary to promote animal welfare. And then it gives the uh, book, verse, and page, and conservation, and to protect public self safety and consumer expectations. Description of the petitioners. HSUS is the nation's largest animal protection organization with over 11 million members and constituents. Based in Washington, D.C., HSUS works to protect all animals through education, investigation, litigation, legislation, advocacy, and field work. HSUS actively works to improve the management of wildlife and captivity in order to promote animal welfare, conservation, and public safety. HSUS members regularly visit USDA-licensed exhibitor facilities and enjoy seeing animals who are well cared for and appropriately displayed but are distressed when they view animals being mistreated or exhibited in a manner that jeopardizes public safety and conservation efforts. HSUS also operates five animal care centers that provide care to thousands of animals, including big cats and non-human primates. 
that two of these facilities are licensed by AFIS means that HSUS has a strong interest in ensuring that all captive animal facilities are abiding by regulations to protect animal welfare and public safety. World Wildlife Fund's mission is to stop the degradation of our planet's natural environment and build a future in which humans live in harmony with nature. In order to achieve this mission, WWF, with more than 5 million members globally, focuses on ensuring that the world's biodiversity stays healthy for future generations and to reduce negative impacts of human activity. WWF is particularly interested in tiger conservation, as 97% of wild tigers have disappeared since the beginning of the 20th century, and there are now more tigers living in captivity in the U.S. than exist in the wild. To promote tiger conservation, World Wildlife Fund works with 13 tiger range states in Asia and domestically to ensure that one of the primary threats to the species, poaching for the traditional Asian medicine, is alleviated. World Wildlife Fund advocates for greater oversight of U.S. captive tiger numbers and disposition in order to ensure that captive tigers are not contributing to illegal trade and to ensure that the U.S. meets its international obligations. Because tigers are frequently bred and mistreated for the purpose of public contact exhibition and because it is unknown how all of these tigers are disposed of, the WWF has a concrete interest in stronger federal regulation of public handling at USDA-licensed exhibition facilities. The Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries was established to promote excellence in sanctuary management and in humane care of animals through international accreditation, collaboration, mentoring, and greater recognition and resources for sanctuaries while seeking to eliminate the causes of displaced animals. There are over 80 sanctuaries accredited and verified by GFAS in the U.S. These facilities have earned the highest level of credibility and are clearly distinguished from pseudo-sanctuaries and substandard facilities. GFAS sanctuaries do not allow direct contact or unsafe close contact between the public and big cats, bears, or non-human primates. The International Fund for Animal Welfare saves animals in crisis around the world. With more than 2 million members and projects in more than 40 countries, IFA rescues individual animals from cruelty and advocates advocates for the protection. I'm so used to saying advocates <coughs> because of our little pun on that word. And advocates for the protection of wildlife and natural habitats. Protecting captive big cats, bears, and non-human primates in the U.S. is a core IFA focus. In the U.S. to date, IFA has rescued and relocated 120 big cats from backyard menageries and substandard facilities. In 2004, IFA conducted a one-year investigation of 42 licensed facilities that revealed severely inadequate welfare practices. Public contact between dangerous big cats and humans, including very young children, was prevalent at many of the facilities. IFA members regularly enjoy viewing animals humanely cared for and exhibited in a manner that protects the health and welfare of the animals and the public. Born Free USA's mission is to end the suffering of wild animals in captivity, rescue individual animals in need, protect wildlife, including highly endangered species, in their natural habitats, and encourage compassionate conservation globally. 
the Born Free USA Primate Sanctuary in Texas provides care to over 600 primates, many of whom were rescued from abusive situations in roadside zoos and private possession. In 2012 alone, Born Free USA has rescued over 100 primates from substandard facilities. The Fund for Animal Welfare is a national nonprofit organization that advocates for preserving wild populations of animals and preventing abuse of captive wildlife. The fund operates the Cleveland Armory Black Beauty Ranch, an animal care facility that provides sanctuary to hundreds of animals, including three tigers who were rescued from a substandard facility licensed by USDA. Big Cat Rescue is one of the largest sanctuaries for big cats and is accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. As a nonprofit organization, BCR provides lifetime care to over 100 large felids, including tigers, lions, leopards, and cougars, who were abandoned or seized from substandard facilities and private owners. BCR strives to educate the public about these animals and the issues that captive and wild big cat populations face. Request for Regulatory Amendment Petitioners respectfully request that USDA and APHIS move expeditiously nine years doesn't seem expeditious does it to address the welfare and public safety crisis caused by licensed exhibitors breeding and using big cats bears and non-human primates for public handling and adopt the regulation proposed in this position c7 cfr 1.28 petitions will be given prompt consideration and petitioners will be notified promptly of the disposition made of their petitions. 5 U.S.C. 555b federal agencies are required to definitively respond to petitions and must conclude a matter presented as a quote to the agency quote again within a reasonable time unquote. National Parks Conservation Association versus USDA or U.S. Department of Interior. In American Rivers and Idaho Rivers United, that gives another case number, the agency action is typically counted in weeks or months, not years. In Tele Telecommunications Research and Action Center, gives the case number again, says, delays that might be reasonable in the sphere of economic regulation are less tolerable when human health and welfare are at stake. Petitions appreciate the agency's consideration of this matter and would be glad to provide any further information that is needed. Respectfully submitted by Wayne Paselli, who was the President and CEO of the Humane Society of the United States, Lee Henry, the Senior Policy Advisor for the World Wildlife Fund U.S., Patty Finch, who was the Executive Director for the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, Tracy Coppola, the Campaigns Officer for the International Fund for Animal Welfare, Adam Roberts, the Executive Vice President for Born Free USA, Mike Markarian, the President for the Fund for Animals, and Carol Baskin, the CEO of Big Cat Rescue. I apologize, this is long and I'm not sure I have enough voice for it. <clears throat> and I will just apologize now in advance for all of the throat clearing I'm going to have to do. Introduction. This nation is currently facing an epidemic of unqualified individuals and facilities possessing dangerous wild animals, which threatens both public safety and animal welfare. 
Thousands of big cats, bears, and non-human primates reside in exhibition facilities around the country that are licensed by APHIS, yet routinely conduct activities that undermine animal welfare. For example, the commercial use of dangerous animals for public interaction and photographic opportunities. Animals subjected to public contact exhibition, many of these endangered, are irresponsibly bred with no regard for genetic integrity. They are prematurely and forcibly separated from their mothers and deprived of normal biological and behavioral development. They are subject to excessive handling that poses a risk to the health of undeveloped animals and to the safety of humans, especially children, interacting with them. They also travel the country in cramped enclosures for the commercial gain of the licensees and they are often disposed of at substandard facilities when they are no longer commercially useful. There is, a, there is simply no safe or humane way to allow for public handling of big cats, bears, or non-human primates of any age, and it is essential that APHIS explicitly prohibits such activity. The Animal Welfare Act, the AWA, requires USDA APHIS to license facilities that engage in actions that substantially affect interstate commerce, such as exhibiting animals to the public or breeding or dealing animals, and requires the agency to adopt regulations to govern the humane handling, care, treatment, and transportation of animals possessed by licensees. Because there are hundreds of licensed facilities that possess dangerous animals, it is imperative that regulations governing humane handling of animals at these facilities are clearly designed to effectively protect animal welfare and public safety, even when no federal inspector is present to detect violations. Unfortunately, numerous facilities that are licensed by APHIS currently operate in a manner that fails to protect animal welfare and public safety, and these licensees' actions undermine conservation efforts and consumer expectations that the federal government is only licensing upstanding facilities. In particular, by allowing members of the public to come into direct and unsafe close contact with big cats, bears, or non-human primates, any... Where am I now? Of any age, through interactive sessions and photographic opportunities, these licensees create an inhumane and dangerous situation, not only during such contact, but for the entire decades-long life cycle of the animals involved. One year ago, the nation was horrified when a disturbed Ohio man released nearly 50 big cats, bears, non-human primates, and other dangerous animals from his backyard menagerie, leading to the animals being killed in order to protect the surrounding community. Unqualified owners are able to acquire so many dangerous animals precisely because of the surplus of big cats, bears, and non-human primates that is created following the irresponsible and unmanaged breeding of these species for public contact exhibition. Therefore, APHIS has a statutory duty to amend its regulations to explicitly prohibit public contact with big cats, bears, and non-human primates of any age in order to ensure the humane treatment of these species and to protect public safety. Three, examples of facilities that offer public contact with dangerous wild animals. At least 70 licensed facilities across the U.S. 
are engaged in the unsafe and alarming business of allowing members of the public, including small children, to interact and pose with dangerous wild animals. The following USDA licensed exhibitors have allowed visitors to come in direct contact and unsafe close contact with big cats, bears, and or non-human primates in recent years, and most of the following licensees continue to advertise for public handling of dangerous animals today. See Appendix A for the evidence of public handling at these exhibition facilities. And I hate not reading all of these um, footnotes. I might go back and read them at the end if I have any voice. So these were the 70 that we came up with that were doing cub petting. And this was in 2011 when we were first putting this together. And then we submitted it in 2012. One, Alabama Gulf Coast Zoo. Two, Aloha Safari Zoo. Three, Antle Bhagavan. Four, Big Cats of Serenity Springs. Five, Brown Gerald. Six, Brown's Oak Ridge Exotics. Seven, Bucks County Zoo. Eight, Capital of Texas Zoo. 9. Cassidy's Critters, 10. Casey, Connie, 11. Casey, James M., 12. Cherokee Bear Zoo, 13. Chestati Wildlife Preserve, 14. Cooper, William, 15. Cook, Marcus, 16. Corley, Beth, 17. Cougar Mountain Zoo, 18. Cub Creek Science Camp, 19, Dade City Wild Things, 20, Do Animal Kingdom and Sanctuary, 21, De Young Family Zoo, 22, Dulce, comma, Phil, 23, Engesser, comma, Robert, 24, Evans, comma, Keith, 25, GW Exotic Animal Park, 26, Great Cat Adventures, 27, Hoffman, comma, Bill, 28, Jungle Island, 29, King Kong Zoological Park, 30, Maple Lane Wildlife Farm, 31, McCarthy's Wildlife Sanctuary, 32, McMillan, comma, Brian, 33, Miller, comma, Jared, 34, Mojensen, comma, Carl, 35, Monkeys and More Exotic Animal Rescue, 36, Monkeys on the Midway, 37, Noah's Ark Animal Rehabilitation Center, 38, Oswald's Bear Ranch, 39, Premier Animal Attractions, 40, Reinhardt, comma, Donald, 41, Rosaire Zop Chimpanzees, 42, Safari West, 43, Safari Wilderness, 44, Savannah Land Educational Park, 45, Sawmiller, comma, Robert, 46, Schopel, comma, Mark, 47, St. Augustine Wildlife Reserve, 48, Staples, comma, Brian, 49, Stapp Circle Seat Ranch, 50, Stark, comma, Tim and Melissa, 51, Steeples Bears, 52, Stump Hill Farm, 53, Suncoast Primate Sanctuary, 54, Tanganyika Wildlife Park, 55, Tiger World, Inc., 56, Tigers for Tomorrow, 57, Tiger Safari, 58, Valbuena Chimps, 59, Wallach, comma, Larry, 60, West Coast Game Park, 61, West Virginia Zoo, also known as Hovatter's Wildlife Zoo, 62, Wild Animal Experience, 63, Wild Bill's Sanctuary, 64, Woody's Menagerie, 65, Yellowstone Bear World, 66, Yost, Sydney, 
67 Zoological Wildlife Conservation Center, 68 Zoological Wildlife Foundation, 69 Zootastic of Lake Norman, 70 Zoo World. In addition to these dozens of exhibitors, it was recently reported that the owners of Promised Land Zoo are planning an exotic baby animal park in Branson, Missouri, which will be apparently open in 2013 and provide the public opportunity for contact with infant big cats and non-human primates. This long list of exhibitors that allow public contact with dangerous animals shows that this is not an isolated problem, but rather a lucrative commercial trend that is clearly within APHIS's discretion and duty to regulate. While a few of these exhibitors have been cited for violations of the existing handling regulations, though rarely, as discussed below, without an explicit prohibition on public contact with big cats, bears, and non-human primates of any age, these animals will continue to suffer the negative welfare impacts discussed in this petition. The public's health and safety will continue to be put at risk, and consumers' confidence in USDA licensing will decline. 4. Legal Background and Authority to, to Amend the Regulations Congress enacted the Animal Welfare Act in order to ensure that the animals intended for exhibition purposes or for use as pets are provided humane care and treatment, 7 U.S.C. 2131, number 1. It gives the whole long line to it. I'll just let you read it from here. I'm not going to read out these citations. The AWA not only protects animals in exhibition, but also the consumers of this industry, such as patrons visiting exhibition facilities. And then it quotes a case, Animal Legal Defense Fund versus Glickman, finding that plaintiff who viewed primates in inhumane conditions at an exhibition facility was within the zone of interest protected under the AWA. The Animal Welfare Act requires all exhibitors and dealers to obtain a license from the Secretary of Agriculture and provides that no such license shall be issued until the dealer or exhibitor shall have demonstrated that his facilities comply with the standards promulgated by the Secretary. Compliance is demonstrated and verified through a preliminary inspection of new licensees. However, renewal applicants simply demonstrate compliance by certifying that to the best of the applicant's knowledge and belief, he or she is in compliance with the regulations and standards and agrees to continue to comply with the regulations and standards. You got that right. It's just the people saying, we're in compliance, even though a lot of them are not. While APHIS periodically inspects licensed facilities to check for Animal Welfare Act violations, Enforcement of the Animal Welfare Act is a difficult task given the large number of facilities that each APHIS inspector is responsible for overseeing. Section 2143 of the Animal Welfare Act outlines the activities for which the Secretary shall promulgate regulations. In particular, Congress has directed that the agency must adopt standards to, quote, govern the humane handling of animals by exhibitors, unquote and that such standards must include minimum requirements, quote, for handling, housing, feeding, water, sanitation, ventilation, shelter from extremes of weather and temperatures, adequate veterinary care, and separation by species where the secretary finds necessary for humane handling, care, or treatment of the animals, unquote. Further, the secretary 
or further, quote, the secretary is authorized to promulgate such rules, regulations, and orders as he may deem necessary in order to effectuate the purpose of this chapter, unquote. Pursuant to this broad statutory authority, APHIS has adopted a performance standard regarding the handling of animals, which requires that handling of any animal must be done humanely and with minimal risk of harm to the public, that young animals not be exposed to excessive handling, and that certain dangerous animals must be under the, quote, direct control, unquote, of an animal handler during the public exhibition. A. All licensees who maintain wild or exotic animals must demonstrate adequate experience and knowledge of the species they maintain. B1. Handling of all animals shall be done as, expe as expeditiously and carefully as possible in a manner that does not cause trauma. <coughs> Sorry. B1. Handling of all animals shall be done as expeditiously and carefully as possible in a manner that does not cause trauma, overheating, excessive cooling, behavioral stress, physical harm, or unnecessary discomfort. 2i. Physical abuse shall not be used to train, work, or otherwise handle animals. Double I. Deprivation of food or water shall not be used to train, work, or otherwise handle animals. Provided, however, that the short-term withholding of food or water from animals by exhibitors is allowed by these regulations as long as each of the animals affected receives its full dietary and nutrition requirements each day. C1. During public exhibition, any animal must be handled so there is a minimal of risk of harm to the animal and to the public with sufficient distance and or barriers between the animals and the general viewing public so as to assure the safety of animals and the public. 2. Performing animals shall be allowed a rest period between performances of at least equal to the time for one performance. 3. Young or immature animals shall not be exposed to rough or excessive public handling or exhibited for periods of time which would be detrimental to their health or well-being. Four, drugs such as tranquilizers shall not be used to facilitate, allow, or provide for public handling of the animals. D1, animals shall be exhibited only for periods of time and under conditions consistent with their good health and well-being. Two, a responsible, knowledgeable, and readily identifiable employee or attendant must be present at all times during periods of public contact. Three, during public exhibition, dangerous animals such as lions, tigers, wolves, bears, or elephants must be under the direct control and supervision of a knowledgeable and experienced animal handler. 4. If public feeding of animals is allowed, the food must be provided by the animal facility and shall, not be, and shall be appropriate to the type of animal and its nutritional needs and diet. When climatic conditions present a threat to an animal's health or well-being, appropriate measures must be taken to alleviate the impact of these conditions. An animal may never be subjected to any combination of temperature, humidity, and time that is detrimental to the animal's health or well-being, taking into consideration such factors as the animal's age, species, breed, overall health status, and acclimation. 
and this is from 9 CFR 2.131 with an emphasis added. In 1989, when APHIS proposed these handling regulations, the agency expressly stated that exhibitors do not have a right to allow contact between the public and dangerous animals. And that's in 54 Federal Register 10,835, 10,880, and that was dated March 15th of 1989. However, the regulations do not explicitly prohibit such contact. Instead, adopting a performance standard layered with a patchwork of agency guidance documents that are vague, entirely subjective, and do not clearly inform licensees, inspectors, or the public which activities are prohibited. The regulations are most confusing as applied to big cats. Since lions and tigers are explicitly mentioned as examples of dangerous animals in section 2.131d3, quote, during public exhibition, unquote, such big cats must be, quote, under the direct control and supervision of a knowledgeable and experienced animal handler, unquote. In addition to being under the direct control of the handler, big cats, as well as all other animals, must be handled so there is minimal risk of harm to the animal and to the public with sufficient distance and or barriers between the animal and the general viewing public so as to assure the safety of the animals and the public. Thus, licensees, inspectors, and the public are left to their own subjective determinations of whether a big cat is indeed under a handler's direct control and what constitutes sufficient distance and or barriers for an individual big cat. This was a case actually, Antle versus Johans from 2007 and upholding USDA decision that found a violation of 9 CFR 2.131 when persons who are to be photographed with an adult big cat are allowed to stand behind the cat without any barrier between the cat and the persons being photographed. A hodgepodge of agency guidance further complicates this subjective standard and creates confusion for determining when public contact with a particular big cat is allowed. Several agency documents suggest that APHIS generally interprets this, interprets this performance standard as being violated when the public handles a big cat under the age of eight weeks or over the age of 12 weeks, here, here and after referred to as the eight to 12 week policy. For example, licensees who, attend to, who intend to exhibit potentially dangerous animals should receive a copy of APHIS's Handling Potentially Dangerous Animals letter, which states that direct public contact with juvenile and adult felines, that would be lions, tigers, jaguars, leopards, or cougars, does not conform to the handling regulations because it cannot reasonably be conducted without a significant risk of harm to the animal or the public. The letter defines juvenile and adult large felines as over three months of age. Similarly, a recent opinion from an administrative law judge confirms that the, prep, the performance standard may be violated when the public is allowed to come in contact with a big cat over 12 weeks. And that was concluded in the case of Jamie Mitchell Palazzo doing business's great cat adventures and James Lee Riggs. Appeals decision and order from May 10, 2010. However, age alone is not enough to determine a violation of the handling regulations, which makes collecting enough evidence to prove a violation an extremely difficult task for inspectors. The Handling Potentially Dangerous Animals letter 
also states that the handling regulations do not appear to specifically prohibit direct public contact with infant animals so long as it is not rough or excessive, and so long as there is minimal risk or harm to the animal and to the public. In contrast, USDA's fact sheet, entitled The Big Cat Questions and Answer, Commonly Asked Big Cat Questions, provides that although we do not encourage public contact with cubs, it is possible for an exhibitor to exhibit cubs over approximately eight weeks of age, when their immune systems have developed sufficiently to protect them from most communicable diseases, to the public and still comply with all of the regulatory requirements. Thus, with respect to big cats, it appears from this patchwork of documents that APHIS inspectors may use the ages of 8 to 12 weeks as thresholds for further investigation of violations of the performance standard. Public contact with big cat cubs between 8 and 12 weeks is apparently allowed, while contact with infants under the age of 8 weeks may be prohibited to protect the animal and contact with juveniles and adults over 12 weeks may be prohibited to protect the public safety. Some inspectors apparently inform licensed exhibitors of the 8-12 to week policy, spurring frivolous breeding to maintain a supply of cubs within this age range as discussed below. While some inspectors and exhibitors appear to be unaware of the 8-12 to week policy and are left with their own subjective interpretations of direct control and sufficient distance and barriers when determining if public handling is compliant with AWA regulations. And I am going to stop here with similarly bears.